Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. Peter Austin. Yes. Here you are once again. Uh, I know. They said they said this day wouldn't come and yet here you are. Here I am once again. I'm torn into pieces. Da, 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 da. Uh, I don't know the rest of the song. Do do ba do. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm about to sneeze. But apart okay. from that... Go on. We'll wait. No, it's because I said I'm no. going to sneeze. Oh, damn no. it. It's just performance anxiety. It's okay. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's, it's How right. are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I feel sort of... I've got a, a second wind, so to speak. Uh, I had dominoes. And... Yeah, the dominoes last night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I've reached a point probably a, a, like a week and a half ago where I just thought... When will this end? Yeah, I feel like my life is on hold. What's going on? Um, but now I'm like now I, f- I feel I, I have a renewed vigor. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm ready to you know stick it out and uh, and and fight through. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not ill. I'm very fortunate. I can. I'm. I'm paid to continue working. Mm-hmm. I can feed myself. I got video games. It's all good. It's got my it fish. It's all good. You're right. It's fine. Yeah. We're all fine. You know what I'm really appreciative of, though? What? The sponsor of this podcast. Oh, very good. <laughs> Segway. Thank you. It is actually Segway is the sponsor. No, it's not. Can the little imagine? drivable uh, wibbly-wobbly things. Yeah, have you ever been on one of those? I have, actually, yeah. They're so weird, aren't they? They are. I did a Segway tour around New Orleans. Oh, that's cool. You must have... I can picture it now, and I, I like everything about that vision. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> really the best good. thing about doing a tour around New Orleans is that... About at least twice, you're guaranteed to just have a parade get in the way. <laughs> we were going along, and like this parade was crossing the road or going down the road, and the tour guide was like, "Oh yeah, this is just this is what happens in New Orleans. Like you're on your way to work, and there's just just a parade happening oh, just every single it. day, getting How, in the way all the time." What an imposition, huh? Yeah. Ask me where I've been on a Segway. Where have you been on a Segway? I'll tell you, Peter. It was yeah. in a small room at an open day at De Montfort University in 2009. Wow. And I got to go in circles. Why did they have segways at the university? Because it's a, it's sort of a, a tech, it's a technology university. They've got a big tech section. I see. Um, uh, so I worked in the technology and science building. I say work. I studied there, right. and uh, I think they wanted to show. Never saw those segways again. I might point out. 
mm-hmm. but I think it was just uh, it was just one of those open day things that universities do. They're like, look how fun our university is. We've got segways that we don't actually have when it's not open day. I only bloody went there, though, didn't I? Not because (laughs) of the segways, but uh, yeah, just went in circles. That was fun. Yeah. Really fun. But no, we're not sponsored by Segway. We are, of course, sponsored by a really prestigious outlet or product, and we're sponsored by a new one every single week. This week, Peter. Yeah. I have the ad read right here. Uh Uh-huh. You've seen his work in wonky dramatic games such as Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. I know who it is. But now, David Quage, the mad Frenchman, is branching out. Introducing the new fitness DVD from David Quage called Detroit Become Huge Man. Become Huge Man. Or Woman, it says on the cover. Become Huge Man. Or Detroit Become Huge Man. Or woman. Do you want to get fit and svelte like all of those sexy androids are? I want to get huge. You want to get huge? Yeah. Well, I mean, with with the uh, with with Detroit become huge man or woman, you you will learn the 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 sexy French stretches necessary to increase your mass and become longer. Okay, and I've got a question. This is a really important question mm. about the brand. Is it? Detroit become, is it like become a huge man or huge woman? Or is it Detroit become huge, comma, man? Yeah, it's that one. Right, That's okay. That's what I've got written here, yeah. yeah. Detroit yeah. become huge, man. Mm-hmm. So it's addressing you informally as man. Yeah. yeah. What's up, man? Detroit become huge, man. Just becoming huge, that's all. Yeah, you'll be up soon because you'll be so huge. Absolutely. Well, it's out now. The RRP is sixty nine sixty nine, and uh, nice. or you can trade it for four hundred and twenty something something about weed. Uh, fantastic! That's actually a load of ball hips. It's well, it's a lie. It's a lie. All right, it's, jeez, no, it's not true. Sorry, it's ten a.m. It's not true. That's that's actually all fictitious. We're not sponsored by David Cage's Detroit Become Huge Man. We're actually sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where if you go there and have a look, there are all sorts of tiers where you can get different rewards, like worst games ever, two days early, or uh, access to a Discord room and all sorts of other stuff. We'll tell you more about it at the end of the show. But the minimum tier, the, the tip jar, the one dollar do, the 25 cents per month, you can ask questions that we feature on this podcast. I do the question post on a Tuesday, and then I pick them out on a Wednesday. Did you just say 25 cents per month? That is not true. Per week. <laughs> per week. <laughs> that is not. That is quick maths in the literal <laughs> sense. Yeah. Uh, no, 25 cents per week, obviously. And uh, and you can you can post your questions in the in the document and uh, or in the in, in the post, and I will pull them out, use them on the podcast, and that is how we got this first question. This question's from Francesca. Francesca says, Sometimes we all look back at our childhood with rose-tinted glasses, but sometimes I want to violently shake people when they say they've never heard of Insert Game. My game? Mortal Kombat Deception on PS2. It was an open-world MK game where you'd have quests, fight, obviously, it was filled with humour, and in my not-so-humble opinion, better and way ahead of its time compared to the still-good-but-not-great recent iterations where it's literally cutscene, fight, rinse and repeat. Am I the only 
only one who remembers it? How am I the only one? Are there any games that fill this category for you? Apologise for the lack of structure in this question. I hope you and your family are doing well. Lots of love, Francesca. Kiss, Apologize. kiss, kiss. Apo- it didn't say that. Uh, Apologise. What? Apologies. Oh. Apologies. Apologies. Apologise for the lack of structure in this question. Is that what I just said? Apologise. <laughs> you did. It's fine, though. We oh, both had notice. one now. It's yeah. okay. It's all right. Okay. Peter, I'm sure you've got plenty of weird games from your childhood that yeah. no one's heard. I mean, everyone's heard of uh, Craven the Hunter, Call of the King now. Right, but yeah. What, surely there are more. Oh, yeah. I mean, National Trust Castles uh, VR, That's that was a great yeah. one. It's a yeah. big one from your youth. Um, I mean, the thing is, I think because I like to talk about the weird games that I played as a kid, it's not going to be as interesting. You know, it's not going to come as any revelation now when I list them off. They're just going to be those games that I talk about all the time. But yeah, I mean, I've got some, you know, The Unholy War on PS1. No one played, but I really enjoyed Uh, Beyond Good and Evil. People have heard of now because they got it, you know, got brought out in HD. But for the time it was, you know, at the time it was pretty, pretty unknown uh god what else i mean haven of call of the king like you say you know that's another one i've talked about seemingly in every podcast for the last three weeks i don't know how that's happened um so yeah i'm what i'm trying to do is think of one that uh, i've not really mentioned before so i don't know we might have to if we just pass over to you i guess and i'll, okay. I'll have a little think but those were the three that i wrote down that i talk about non-stop so it's probably right. not quite as interesting as you know <laughs> you might be about to drop some kind of super obscure PS3 game that I've never heard oh, of. I don't know about that, but we'll, Oof, we'll, okay. we'll we'll see. I would like to quickly say that, no, I have never heard of Mortal Kombat Deception on PS2. No, yeah, me neither. Heard, you're lying, Francesca. It doesn't exist, what you're yeah. talking about. Uh, I, I had a bit of a struggle with this one because I have played an awful lot of games on PS3 and PS4, hmm. but very few of them I would consider, you know sort of weird or or obscure and even at that point i wouldn't say that i loved any of them right i just i just played them uh you know on ps3 there was datura which was a weird psn game which was sort of in the early wave of walking simulator games it was mm-hmm. really weird and you sort of walked around a forest in these str- it was obscure it it was very a metaphorical arty game, but not very good and with no clear message. Right. And uh, it would, it would. What was it? There was one point where it would use the PlayStation Eye camera if you had it plugged in, and your character would look in the mirror, and bugs would go all over your face. Ah. Except they wouldn't go all over your face because it would be you sat six feet away on a sofa, so it, <laughs> it didn't really look that good at all. Um, that that studio made another game called Linger in Shadows, which was even worse, and used the uh, six-axis controls oh. on the PS3, where you had to you had to sort of awkwardly rotate. It didn't really work, to be honest. It didn't really work, and uh, that was that was hard. That was difficult. But a lot of them that I played on PS3 were very early. You know, Warhawk. I loved Warhawk. I played so much Warhawk. Pain, one of the early PSN games. That was just so hard, that game. Almost mm-hmm. impossible. Uh, but the one I've got written down is Seek and Destroy on PS2. Okay. It's a tank game. And it's one I got from a bargain bin in probably Game Station. Oh, yeah. And uh, 
you get to customize your tank and go around doing missions and stuff but it's all sort of very light-hearted and it's weird and as you get upgrades for your tank so much so that you can fly at one point and just be completely overpowered and i remember wow. i bought it and i went to my friend's house and we were like this is um, this is bad but it's amazing and we love it and then we went to back into town the next day and there was another copy of it, so he bought one too. And so we were just just the biggest Seek and Destroy fans. And I can remember almost nothing about it now, but I remember the name, and I remember the flying tank. And that mm -hmm. was something, that was an obscure one that I, that I remember enjoying. Okay. Uh, I have now thought of a, a couple of games I've not really talked about before. One okay. of them you actually talked about in a list um, oh. a, a few weeks ago, and it was the first time I'd heard anyone made mention of this game Perhaps ever, actually. Okay. Um, but I used to have a copy on PS1 of Kingsfield. Oh, uh, yes. Which was From the game. Software. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, people say that uh, Demon's Souls was a kind of spiritual successor to Kingsfield. Um, it was a pretty weird game. I mean, it was very. It was an early, very early PS1 first person hack and slash game i mean you don't tend to get first person hack and slash games even today i, I think the only exceptions i can think of off the top of my head are uh elder scrolls and mm. um god like chivalry on pc but normally yeah. first person you're not as a general rule swinging swords around but uh that's what it was um and uh everything was very angular uh there was black fog everywhere uh and none of the NPCs had eyes or mouths. They just had faces and noses that were just a, a basic skin tone. Uh, but it was, oh, it was pretty spooky. And I was very young and didn't really understand what I was doing. And there were these squid boys that used to walk around and slap you in the face with, like, bloody tentacles. Uh, there were little slimy men, little, little glue, well, not even men, just little flubbers, little slimy flubbers that would go around and whenever you killed anything it would sort of melt it wouldn't just disappear it would kind of deform and go flat into the ground uh it would like crumble like the air had been let out of it it was kind of weird um so that's a that's a strange game that i don't think that many people have played but i played quite a lot just cause it was one of the only games i had at, at the time yeah. um and another this must be one of the first games i ever owned uh was a game called grid run or I believe it was called Grid Runner in the USA. I think it was supposed to be marketed as Grid Runner, but in the UK there was already a game called Grid Run on like a Sega console or something. And uh, Grid Run was, um, it's a top-down uh, sort of third-person-y thing where you're this guy running around um, a, 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 a platform um, and you're against... Uh, there's either two-player mode or single-player mode, and you're against an opponent, and you're both having to grab all these flags that are positioned around the map. Um, but you can only grab a, ma a flag if you're it. So it's a, it's a combination of, like, tag or tig uh, mm -hmm. and capture the flag. And you have to, if if uh, one if your opponent is running around grabbing flags, you have to go and tag them first before you can then start grabbing flags yourself. And it's just like you know, first to six flags or whatever. But that was a really good game, and uh, you know, I think it's it's something I'd like to try and find a video in which to actually show it off in the uh, you know on the channel because I don't think looking at it would do it just justice. There's, there was some really good lore and like weird character profiles in it and stuff where. You know, I don't know. There was some really weird character design in it that 
yeah, I'd like to maybe talk about at some point in the video. But yeah, yes. grid run. Amazing. Well, we're going back to Kingsfield very quickly. Mm. Uh, it's worth quite a lot now, a copy of Kingsfield. Is it? I don't think it's, I've got it anymore. Uh, yeah, it's not It's not that common. A lot of people buying them up because of the connection to the Souls series. Mm. Uh, the, the list that you mentioned is 10 incredible spiritual successes to classic video games. Yeah. It's live on the channel now if you want to check it out. It's got Kingsfield and Demon Souls on the on on the cover as the thumbnail, so it should be quite identifiable. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was that was from software. That was early from software. Yeah. And uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki, the the father of the Soulsborne series, directly cites it as a as an inspiration for yeah. for a lot of his work. That's why you can see a lot of it carry over. It's um, weird that, isn't it? That I've not really played any of the Soulsborne games, but I'm out of the two of us, I'm the only one who's played Kingsfield. Yeah. You played strange. the original. You you played it before it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. That's me. Right. Well, I think it's time for one of those sections. You know those sections that we do? Yeah, the different segments. Seg The sections. Like a Satsuma. Yes, just like the Satsuma. And much like a Satsuma, the next bit is going to be really sweet. Or could be sour. I don't know. I suppose we'll have to go together to what we play in. Oh, Scarlet Fire. Fire. What are you playing? Uh, I've been playing two games because I've been streaming them. Three games, in fact, because we've Whoa. been doing Minecraft. We're continuing to play Minecraft. And it's lovely and calming and peaceful. And yeah. uh, really, literally peaceful. It's set on peaceful mode, which is good. It is. Uh, but uh, I'm continuing to play Resident Evil 3. Um, mm. And, oh, God. Um, I don't know how I feel about that game. I think... Um, I really love, as I said last week, I really love the engine. I love the 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 UI and the map. I really love the. I think visually, it's a stunning game. Again, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just like Resi Two in that respect. I've just made it. Spoilers, everyone. If you don't want to know about Resi Three, I have just made it to the Raccoon City Police Department. That's where we oh, ended on the last stream. That's a cool bit. That yeah, it's it felt you know really good to be back in there and i literally i kind of just saved the game as i walked in and to that little uh you know the the typewriter at the at the front desk and i was about to end the stream and i thought i'll just i'll just run down this corridor and see if i can get to the welcome leon room because that would be i just wanted to see it um unfortunately you have to go winding right round the liquor corridor and uh i saw that like in the space of of being at the police station for about three minutes, like two or three things happened where you go, oh, right, so that's how it was like that when I played Resi 2. You know, you see that policeman get bitten by the zombie, which is like, oh, wow, okay. Uh, And then you actually see the liquor uh, kill the guy who you find slumped in the corner, who, you know, when you play as as Leon uh, in in, uh, Resi 2... You like lift his head up and his jaw is all slack. You actually see that murder occur, that that killing. Yeah, the um, occurred. Yeah, uh, which you know, I think that's a really nice touch. Um, and you go to Kendo's gun shop too. These are all spoilers. Sorry, everyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's too late now. <laughs> um, it's happening. It's a, it's a game that's really old. You know, it's fine. Uh, but you know, so I've I've really liked all those connections. I really like how the game looks. I for the most part like how it plays. Um, I just think that as I kind of said this last week, I just think that Nemesis is arguably too. He's a little bit too overpowered. I always felt like I could get away from Mister X for the most part, and he still terrified me because I knew if he catches me, 
I'm in trouble. And, mm. you know, if you were walking down the corridor and you saw him at the end of the corridor, you very much go, okay, well, I'm turning around and I'm going to find another way. Uh, and you still do that with Nemesis. But I'd like, for me, it should be enough that you see someone spooky and go, oh, I'm running away. And that you should be able to, at full pelt, kind of always get away from them if you, as long as you don't fudge up and, you know, bump into a corner or whatever. But I kind of feel like Nemesis is always going to catch up with you. He is going to punch you at least twice in any encounter. And that just feels a little bit like, oh, you know, I'm not being rewarded for, you know, my good reactions or, or you know, the fact that I came in here with an escape plan in case I bumped into Nemesis, you know? It's all a little bit like, oh, right, yeah, never mind. Um, so in that respect, I think he's a little bit... I know he's meant to be a big, scary tank man, but he's a bit too much of a big, scary tank man for my liking. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, for, for the most part, though, I'm really enjoying that game. And I've somehow made, managed to make it last because I know people said it was really short, but yeah. uh, I guess I just Still wander around and yeah, pad it out problems. a bit. Yeah, I yeah. had uh, I had almost the opposite problem with Nemesis in, in that I found him way too scripted uh, and that may also actually tie into some of the problems you've had with him always hitting you because when he does show up it's it's so like he will almost it's almost guaranteed that there's rubber banding so that he will teleport to be closer to you in yeah. the section where you're running away from him just to make it seem more intense but it was just like when he showed up I, i'd lost all tension because it was just okay so now it's a bit because it's because he's here because nemesis is here and because of the previous pattern of nemesis behavior i know that this is going to be a very scripted event where where have i got to run to this time it's never just lose nemesis and continue to make your way around it's run away from nemesis until a cutscene shows you escaping from nemesis and uh, that that felt like a bit of a shame but i did love as you said how it all tied into the original and not original tied into resi 2 as it's set just before and then later on in the game just after uh, the events of Resi 2 mm-hmm. or at the same time I should say yeah no you're right to be fair like there aren't random encounters with Nemesis uh, really I think there, there, were, there was like one or two in the in the streets of Raccoon City which were they weren't really random encounters as much as it was sandwiched between Nemesis has appeared again and he's chasing you and here's a scripted bit where you run back to the street and then you've got to just make your way through the street to the bit in to a bit in the uh, subway where Nemesis is chasing you, and this is a scripted bit. So in that little bit in between, uh, I did have a couple of occasions where he did just drop out of nowhere. But you're right, actually, that like it's not like Mister X where you're wandering around and oh, he's here. But mm-hmm. uh, in any case, yeah, like one way or the other, uh, I don't like the fact that when you do see him, he is just as you say, kind of rubber banding onto you. He's punching you. There's no. There's no reward for you being like, okay, I'm going to do a really good run down this corridor. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be a good, uh, I'm going to be good at evading him. I kind of feel like there's, you know, it's, it's nothing to do with how good you are. He, he does just appear and punch you, even if you've done a good job of getting away. So it's just weird that his default attack is punch as well. Yeah, it's a bit. I thought he could do a lot worse than that, but okay. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, the other game I've been playing, of course, is uh, Star Wars colon Jedi Knight colon Jedi Academy. And, uh, you know, still enjoying that. That's that's a fun game to play on PC. I used to have it on Xbox, but, um, God, playing on PC is a lot of fun. Mouse and keyboard really make jumping around as a Jedi, like, pretty uh, pretty reward- rewarding. So, uh, nice. yeah, uh, just continue with that. 
uh, everyone has angry faces when they're done talking to me. They've got resting bitch faces, and um, uh, yeah, we've we've got uh, we've got two two lightsabers in our hand now. We've up, uh, unlocked double double sabers, which is fun. Whoa! Is this a, is this Bioware? This one? Um, I don't know if it is Bioware. No, or is it must that be. Kotor? Uh, yeah, I think they they did Kotor, didn't they? But no, okay. this is just like Lucas Arts, and okay. uh, yeah, I I think that's kind of it. I'll look that up, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. Nice, amazing. Well, outside of my stream games, where I'm continuing uh, SmackDown, here comes the pain. Barbara got all the way to WrestleMania. Did she manage to succeed though in winning the world title? You'll just have to watch the VOD to find out, or, oh. or watch in live. But anyway, her her adventure continues. Uh, you know, in my Friday streams. On Tuesday, I continued to play the the ROM hack, Pokemon Fire Red Team Rocket Edition, where it's a whole new storyline where you play as a member of Team Rocket. That's really fun. Got myself a Palmusek, didn't I? Oh, nice. So already already got further than the uh, anime Team Rocket did. Yeah. By just getting a Pikachu straight away. True. Um, got Wet Boy. He's the all-powerful, uh, all, my all-powerful water type. I've got uh, Fly Gal, you know, who flies really high. I've also yeah. got Rat Boy. It's just a whole wonderful cast of gals and boys. Rat and, Boy. Uh, rat I resent boy. that. Oh, I'm not calling you a Rat Boy. No, it's a, it's a Simpsons, that one. Oh, that was oh a, okay. Sorry. A Simpsons. It's too uh, much for me. It's a bit it, much for me. It is. Raven Software is uh, who developed. Oh, I know just, Raven. Yeah. They're now, they're now sort of on Call of Duty duty. Right. <laughs> under Activision. Yeah. They did some great games. Singularity was amazing. I loved Singularity on PS3. There's an obscure one. I hope people played that. It's like Bioshock. It was weird. I loved it. Anyway, um, yes, played that. Uh, Apart from that, though, I've been playing an awful lot of Final Fantasy VII Remake. I uh, can't remember if I finished it by the time I did the podcast last week. But either way. Oh, okay. Well, great. I've been playing it through on hard. (laughs) Screw that. Bloody hell. Right. The... the, at times it just feels horribly imbalanced because the jump from normal difficulty to hard is obscene. Some of the bosses, oh God, it's just horrible. It's horrible. You you have no choice really but to look up character builds online just, just to stay alive. Right. Uh, it's really tough. But I did do it. I finished it on hard. And there were points where I nearly angry cried, especially at the end. And it was uh, really bloody hard work. But I did it. I finished it on hard. And then the game thought, you know what? That's not enough for them. Let's put in a couple of other hard-related trophies as well. Oh, I should also point out that when you're playing the game on hard, not only is it really bloody difficult, but you're not allowed to use items at all. You can't use items in the hard run. And occasionally in uh, in, in the... single player story not that there's anything else i don't know why i'm confusing my words basically during the course of gameplay you'll come across benches and vending machines and they'll be strategically placed usually before bosses and you can sit on them for free and it'll fade to black and then fade back up again and it'll heal your party's hp and mp right all the way up mm-hmm. in hard mode those benches are still there but they only heal your hp um. they don't heal your mp And because you can't use items to recover your MP, basically that means at the beginning of each chapter, that MP is the MP you've got for the chapter. You can't... So you have to be very tactical 
about what you're doing and it just it's just a whole other it just completely changes how you play the game basically and i'm not saying that in a good way i found it torturous and frustrating and i'm glad it's done uh, it was worth it because i wanted to do it but the other hard trophies that it gave you were th- there's a combat sim in the game where you just fight various challenge monsters in a, a virtual arena basically and uh, playing the game on hard is the only way to unlock the final two challenges and the challenges take the form of five rounds with the monsters getting harder in each round and good lord the first one wasn't too difficult i did it first try and then the second one is a basically a boss gauntlet not just regular monsters you have to fight actual bosses and uh, i won't give any any more away than that if if people haven't got there but uh, again, I had to look up a guide and completely respec my characters, just so, literally so they could stay alive, because every single one of them has a one-hit-kill move if you're not prepared. So you can get, like, three rounds in and then have your entire party wiped out with some BS move that you weren't ready for, and then you got to start again. Right. Um, but I did it last night. After looking up a guide and a build, and I did it first time with that guide and build, and I oh, wow. now have the platinum trophy. <sighs> Congratulations. <sighs> Thank you. Thank wow. You. It have is you... a phenomenal game, though. I was going to say, have you have you now overdone it, and do you kind of not really <laughs> want to go back to it for a while? or I definitely need to walk away from it for a bit. Not that there's anything else that it can give me at this point, because I've, mm-hmm. done, it, I've done it all. Uh, but no, I haven't ruined it for myself. I still am incredibly fond of this game in spite of the issues I had with it two episodes ago and that I reiterated that I still had last episode. I think it's a phenomenal game. I think they've done a really good job and I'm so excited for the next part that we're going to get in 2033 or whenever it is. Uh, But uh, yeah, not a perfect game, but considering what they had to work with and what they were up against in terms of fan expectations, I think they did remarkably well. And, uh, and and I really, really enjoyed it. Kind of sad that it's over. Might just play through Final Fantasy VII, the original, again. <laughs> right. Just so yeah. I can continue the story. Why not? Yeah. 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 But there we go. That's what oh. I've been playing. Good. Uh, should we move straight on to an- another question? Yes. I think we should. This is from Ern Arrowsmith. Skyrim and Lord of the Rings character Ern Arrowsmith. Certainly is. Would you like to read Ern Arrowsmith's question? I shall. He says, hi guys, hope you're doing well. You obviously enjoy a bit of world building in the form of Minecraft and The Sims. Are there any other games that revolve around some element of building slash customization that you really enjoy? Are there any particular examples of things you've built that you're proud of? Ah, what have you you built over the years, Ben? I have written down here Fallout 4. Okay, yeah. As soon as I escaped from the vault and I made it into the first town that I can't remember the name of, Mm -hmm. I immediately spent five hours completely rebuilding that town and making it my (laughs) settlement. I wanted to get people there. I wanted to scrap everything. I built perimeter walls all the way around the outside. I put up turrets. I made my own house so incredible that the game barely ran uh bits of furniture would just like jut out and wouldn't fit properly i'd load in and there'd be a pack brahmin completely freaking out in my guest bedroom because it somehow got in there and couldn't get out again i 
for, for to, um, to a far lesser extent Fallout 76 because that game would actively forget what you built. Right. Uh, but the Fallout building mechanics, in spite of how wonky and janky they are, I was absolutely blown away by them in Fallout 4 and it, it, I was obsessed with it. Absolutely uh-huh. obsessed with, with building a really cool settlement. Yeah. What oh, about you? That's good. Um, I used to play a lot of Forge mode in Halo 3. Are you aware mm. of Halo Forge mode? Um, you can like build maps, right? And sort yeah. of games within it? Yeah. Um, so they didn't have a... Um, you didn't have a map builder in the sense of here's a completely blank empty void and you can start placing down terrain and floor and trees and things like that it was here are all the maps that come in the game uh what you can do is remove all of the dynamic or even some of the static objects from them and then place your own ones down and actually one of the maps was just a big empty room which was good it was like a giant warehouse with nothing in it so you essentially had the ability to to make anything but it was more um building walls and floors rather than like sandy hillsides and and water features and stuff like that so it was mm-hmm. a it's a bit of a middle ground in terms of map map building uh but yeah like halo 3 forge mode was was great you know in particularly in that big empty room there was uh People used to make all... I made all sorts of things. I can't even remember uh, necessarily what my favourite thing was, but uh, me and my friends used to make, like, stupid, like, Rube Goldberg machines where... Because there were, like, gravity lifts and stuff, so you could just walk into a gravity lift that would, like, shoot you off to the other side of the map, which would then, you know, funnel you down a little tube, which would drop you onto a... whatever, a little quad bike. You'd drive the quad bike 10 metres down jump off which would flip you into a whatever you know all that kind of thing um just like uh, line rider exactly just like line rider although you actually have to press the action button and get into the quad bike you can't (laughs) just let it go um there was also i did one where um it was this huge pit and uh it would just there were like two balconies facing each other about 40 feet apart and everyone just had sniper rifles which is you know, probably not actually that fun to play. It's just people shooting at each other across from two balconies. But, you know, it was uh, with a lot of people there. It meant that you always had like loads and loads of targets to shoot at, but you also died within like six seconds. So it was, I don't know, it was it was fun in its own way. But um, yeah, I used to make all kinds of things and I, I can't remember everything I did. Uh, oh, and you could make racetracks as well. That was fun. There was oh, like nice. the mechanics in place to actually do checkpoints around a racetrack. So yeah, that was that was great. I used to watch tutorials and stuff about how to make um, uh, infinitely exploding pits and stuff. Like you could, <laughs> if you put enough explosive barrels in like a hole and set their respawn rate to like one second, it meant that if you set one off and it started blowing up, it would start to blow up all the ones next to it. And by the time the last one had blown up, the first one would have respawned already because it just instantly pops back in the moment it's blown up. So you would have this endless exploding pile of barrels. So things like that were fun. Um, Other than that, uh, a game I've mentioned once or twice is Stronghold on PC, the kind of castle builder. It's a bit like Civ, but it's, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you you just kind of build castles and stuff. And um, that had a, a whole community online uh that were uh had worked out some really clever ways to to make stuff like you could um if you like there was a a a maximum height for the walls in that game you could only build it you know such a a certain height but if you had 
a single square of really, really high cliff and then flat plain all around it, if you placed a piece of wall on top of that, the wall would be as tall as the entire cliff. So it wouldn't just be a cliff with a wall on top. It would like the cliff would become wall and it would be like thousands of feet high. So there were just silly things like that where you could kind of trick the game. Um, so using that, you know, I've made all kinds of things like just silly, like things that are like jousting arenas where there were just two knights on horseback running up and down on like patrol. So it looked like they looked like they were jousting um, and like um, like gladiator arenas that had animals in and I could like send my units in to fight with bears and stuff. So, nice. you know, there was like you could you could really like go to town with that game because in some ways it was quite limited. But if you uh, if you did some clever stuff in the map builder, then you could, uh, you know, it could could get quite interesting. To a far less extent, and I'm sure this was the case for you as well, Age of Empires 2, I loved building perimeter walls around my yeah my little kingdom and and laying things out so all the houses go over here yeah and all the yeah. farms go here it was that was there was something very satisfying about that i could almost just play that game in a non-war context and still mm. really enjoy myself yeah well stronghold had a whole it had two campaigns it had like the main kind of war campaign but there was a second campaign that was just econ i think it was called like the economic campaign where oh, it's nice. about uh, you know, they they would say like, "There's going to be a wedding in the kingdom. We need to get three hundred pigs for the feast, and you oh, know things that like that." Nice, yeah. Um, so it's, that's quite a chill thing, actually. I've thought about streaming that and just you know pl- putting some maybe some lo-fi beats on. Yeah, to relax to and study. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of pun you can make there, medieval pun. I'm sure. I'm sure there is. I'm sure yeah, you can think of that. Yeah, I thought that uh, as I said it, but <laughs> needs time. It'll happen. Yeah. It'll come to you. Fantastic. Right. I think it's time to get weird up in here. Certainly is. Uh, oh, my paper. Always oh, paper. Hang on. Oh, there it is. It's all the way down there. Got him? Uh, nearly. Ooh. Let me just... Unf- it's folded in half. Okay, of there we course. go. Of course. Yeah, you don't want to take up much room with it because it's a utility Yeah. Tool, of course. Uh, it's time, everybody, for weird news. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. 
And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's weird news time. Peter, what weird piece of video game news have you brought along this week? I'm wondering whether you've seen this. Uh, I'm hoping you haven't because it's such a wonderful story. Oh, it's a a heartwarming story. This is according to Kotaku.com, written by Luke Plunkett, our favourite Kotaku writer. We love him. Elijah Wood visits Girls Animal Crossing Island, has beautiful manners. No, I haven't seen this. Have you not seen this? No. Let me just immediately send you the picture of Elijah Wood. Okay. (laughs) In someone's... This is on... I've, I've sent it on Slack. Um, it's just just coming through. Oh, oh, he's so he's so polite. It looks just like him as well. Yeah, he's just smiling at her. It looks like he's in his pajamas, but he's not. It's a shirt and trousers. May but... I pick some fruit? <laughs> of of course. course. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. fantastic. Okay. The story here is not that celebrities play Animal Crossing and visit other players' islands. They do it all the time. You just probably don't realise it's them. Uh, no, this story is about Elijah Wood's impeccable Animal Crossing manners and how he should serve as an example to all island travellers. Earlier today, as EW report... Who's EW? EW.com. Weekly? Maybe? Yes, must be. Uh, 23-year-old Jessica... Kovalik put out a call, as we all do, for turnip-selling visitors. Uh, and then there's a tweet from uh, from Jessica embedded where it says, "My price for turnips is five nine nine bells. DM me for dodo code." Um, do Do you need any context there, Peter? I've kind of worked out what it means. I think is okay. bells just the currency? Well, yes. There's a whole sort of stock market esque meta mm. game going on in Animal Crossing every Sunday. Someone comes to your island who will sell you turnips, which you can buy for a relatively cheap price. And then it's some people have tried to tr- try to sort of track the changes in prices depending on what you've got, and it predicts what it might be soon. But basically, every day other than Sunday, you're allowed to sell your turnips in the local shop, and the the turnip prices will change day to day. So if you get a really good turnip price, if you've bought turnips for like eighty nine bells each or whatever and you buy hundreds of them, and then someone's price is 599 bells. You want to go to their island and sell your turnips there so you can make a really massive profit. Right. Some people take it very seriously, so that there's there's a bit of context for anyone who may not have been sure how the turnip system works. It's okay. the stock exchange, basically. Incidentally, it uh, looks like Jessica Kovalik is a uh, Last Jedi fan because... Oh. Her profile picture on Twitter on this embedded tweet is uh, Kylo Ren, and her oh. Twitter handle is at directed by Ryan. Oh, as in Ryan Johnson. Wow. Uh, anyway, so she's a bot. She's yes, yeah, she, she she's not a real person. Um, this generally results in two things happening: some of your friends see the message and hop on in, or some Twitter randos also see it, and you have to simply hope they are nice guests while visiting. But who knows? Because a, this is Twitter, and b, these are Twitter randos. For Jessica, though, a third and magical thing happened: actor Elijah Wood turned up. <laughs> um, there is then another embedded tweet where Jessa is saying. Guys, I tweeted my turnip prices and Elijah Wood just came to my island and hung out. This is the best day in quarantine yet. <laughs> and there are more pictures of him. Uh, hang on, let me 
So uh, I'm, I'm assuming he DM'd her and asked for the code because I don't know how you would verify that it was actually Elijah Wood otherwise. Yeah, there's a screenshot uh, of Elijah Wood with a verified Twitter tick. Yeah. Elijah Wood tweeting her at Elijah Wood, tweet, uh, DMing her saying, would love your dodo code to sell these turnips. And she's just put, um, of course you can. Amazing. That's amazing. There's then a picture of Elijah Wood I'm guessing arriving on the island, it looks like immigration. Um, yeah. He's yeah. just wandering in happily. I'll send this to you on Slack as well. Okay. Um, and uh, this, is, this is phenomenal. And he says, your island is beautiful. <laughs> there he is. He's from Driftwood is the name of his island. Yeah, Driftwood. Uh, E.L. Wood. L. Wood. Um, so uh, we the, the article continues. I love this because his name is just Elwood and his villager looks just like him. Uh, but also, he's just the most model island guest. Anyone who has opened up their island to strangers will have stories about people who they've never met in their life turning up and taking every damn piece of fruit on a tree or just generally running around being weirdos. Elijah, however, is displaying impeccable island protocol here. And then it's the picture of him saying, may I pick some fruit? And, <laughs> and Jessica saying, of course, thank you for asking. <laughs> Um, Mrs. Wood, you raised a good boy. And Jessica, your island is indeed beautiful. It is. It is uh, beautiful. And that was from Luke Plunkett, the senior ed- editor at Kotaku. Senior editor of Weird News at Kotaku. Yeah. That was fantastic. I really enjoyed that one. What a wholesome story. It is. It's extremely wholesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to change uh, change tone ever so slightly. Right. We're also on Kotaku. Mm-hmm. This is from Ethan Gach. 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 And it's time to talk about Fallout 76 again. Fantastic news. When uh, is it this... not time to talk about, to talk about <laughs> Fallout 76? Apparently it's always, it's always Fallout 76 time. I need to hop back in, really. But if the download wasn't so ridiculous, then I might have already done it. Mm. Just to try it. I should do it on stream, really. Just explore what's happened since, since I was last there. Uh, this is also courtesy of Ern Arrowsmith, I should say, who included oh. this underneath his question. Fallout 76 robot won't stop spamming players with communist propaganda. What? (laughs) Fallout 76's communist Collectron would rather help emancipate the proletariat than find rare weapons for players. The robot is one of the latest things you can buy from Fallout 76's in-game shop. Like a traditional Collectron, it's programmed to scavenge for resources while players are out adventuring. This one has a commie twist, though, droning on about class struggle and reminding you that labour is entitled to all that it creates. But that's not the only twist. Along with any resources it finds, Comrade Collectron also stuffs its designated station with communist flyers, and not just one or two, but handfuls of them, again and again, in its relentless attempt to awaken your class consciousness. (laughs) The communist Collectron has two settings, proletariat and revolutionary. The first one sets it looking for food and water. The second sends it in search of weapons and blood packs. Both will also return reams of propaganda. I don't like going out adventuring for an hour and coming back only to find eight propaganda posters, one frag grenade and one box of dandy boy apples, wrote (laughs) one player on Reddit. Another tried to warn players against purchasing the automated worker. PSA for the communist collectron, don't expect to get loaded with weapons, they wrote. I played for a few hours, maybe three to four, and only got 35 to 40 propaganda flyers and a single frag grenade. Uh. 
The flies would be easy to ignore if they didn't end up clogging up the Collectron's repository. If you don't empty it out every so often, it'll stop connecting, collecting new stuff, basically going on strike until you agree to acknowledge the ideological struggle it's undertaken. At least one player also reported that their machine gun turrets won't stop shooting the poor robot. Bethesda confirmed this is a bug that it's planning to address in the, in the game's next patch. Until then, anyone who doesn't want to be party to their own little homestead strike reenactment is encouraged to temporarily put their turrets away. For God's sake. I love how that's just a footnote because the rest of the story is so <laughs> weird. But oh, also, by the way, all your turrets are going to shoot your robot. Yeah. And yeah. Bethesda say they've added it to the very long list of things we need to fix in the next patch. Yeah. Christ. Yes. Brilliant. That game. It's it just doesn't stop, does it? It's the gift yeah. that keeps on giving. Yeah, and yeah. I'm so glad that I'm not on the front lines. <laughs> just yeah. Suffering through that. Well, there we go. That was our weird news. Time for question three. Question three comes from Ollie Larkin, who says, Hi Ben and Peter. Which game mechanic or feature absolutely blew you away on your first playthrough? I'm thinking something that was particularly new to gaming. Examples would be the attention to detail in Metal Gear Solid 2, and in brackets it says, The Ice Cubes! Whoa! Uh, red, red Faction's destructible environments, the scale and potential of Minecraft, Prince of Persia's rewind feature, or maybe a foray into VR with Astrobot. For me, it's got to be Portal. The physics involved in a first-person puzzle game are still out in yeah well yeah the physics involved in a first person pu puzzle game are still outstanding to this day mm, they are. um well i've i've got a couple of things here mm -hmm. um can't really say for sure whether they were you know whether this was like the first time they featured in gaming but they were still pretty they were they were fairly revolutionary for the time um the first, and we've talked about this before, was uh, the moment that I, I was watching someone else play The Elder Scrolls Oblivion, and they walked into a tavern or something, and I was like, wow, this game's great. You know, you can just walk around this open world. There's all these people. You can trade and pickpocket. And then they walked over to a table. They hovered their hand over the table and picked up a single cup off the table. And as they did that, I saw everything else on that table just move slightly. You know how it used to. Yeah. And I realized, wait a minute, you, you can take anything you want off of that table. What, what do you mean? And then, you know, you can reach into a bowl of fruit and take individual apples. And I, I feel like I'd never really seen that in certainly not in an open world RPG before mm -hmm. where, you know, almost everything and literally anything that's not nailed down in in a room, you can pick up and you can kick around if you start dancing around on the table or you know and and that at the time i thought wow okay this is this is amazing this game really is it feels like a sandbox you know mm -hmm. like it it's everything's got uh real physics and everything is uh pick upable you know yes. that that really blew me away was this sorry did you say was this this oblivion oblivion yes yeah i, I remember watching my friend play it on Xbox 360. Yeah. And I didn't have a... The PS3 hadn't come out yet. And I didn't have a 360 because I was waiting for the PS3. And I think it was something really... Just like that. It was something really banal. Mm. Like, I think he just picked a flower when he was out in the, like, you know, the beautiful, yeah. idyllic countryside. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. You can pick flowers. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um Another another thing that I did want to mention, and again, I think this is something I've talked about maybe last year, um, was uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance on PS2. 
um, was a, you know, it was a kind of top-down third-person hack and slash. It looks like the other Baldur's Gate games, but it was a, it was a bit less. It certainly wasn't. Um, you didn't click around. It wasn't one of those RPGs. It was just thumbsticks and mash the X button sort of thing. Uh, really good game. Um, and I remember watching that at Peter's video gaming uncle's house, and mm-hmm. uh, he went down into the into the sewers. And as he was running through the sewers, there was this little pool of water ahead of him. And he said, this game is really good. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he said, look at these water graphics. And he jumped. And I think that was probably the first time I have seen ripples that (laughs) actually react to each other and to objects within them. So normally in games, certainly at that time, if you jumped in, it would just play ripple dot gif on on the surface of the water you know wouldn't it, it would just be mm-hmm. a pre a pre-rendered ripple effect where a perfect circle of water just goes bloop uh from where you're standing but if you jump into the water in dark alliance it's like dynamic ripple physics and you the ripples come out from your body depending on which way you're moving and stuff and then the ripples will go to the edge of a pool they will bounce off of the edge of that pool and then they will react with each other as well and cause like interference patterns and i was like what on earth how how have they done that that's you know this is the best gate this is these are the best graphics i've ever seen in my life the rest of the game looked good it didn't look you know it didn't blow me away but just yeah. that water was was unbelievable at the time amazing yeah uh, what about you uh, I've definitely mentioned this before with uh, in Resistance Fall of Man, where you could shoot the windows and they would sort of splinter realistically. And yeah. little bits of the window would fall away. That was amazing. But the, the main one I've got written down here is Mass Effect 2 and the relationships in Mass Effect 2. Right. Or, or I, I should say sort of the character building. Because I'd never played a Bioware game before. I didn't have an Xbox, so I couldn't play the Star Wars games. I didn't have a PC, so I couldn't really play any of that stuff either. I wasn't really interested by Dragon Age, so I never played that. But I was all on board for Mass Effect 2 when it was finally going to come to PS3. Because we didn't get Mass Effect 1, because that was uh, published by Microsoft. It's Mm. now on PS3, but it took a long time to get there. Um, And it was just... I was obsessed with every single character in that game. Every time I left the ship... And came back. I would go to every floor through every loading screen to talk to everyone just to hear if there was new dialogue. And 90% of the time there was. But Mm. I've never had an experience like that since where I was so invested in the characters that I wanted to talk to them all the time just to see if they had anything else to say. And I had my own favorites. And, you know, I thought about these characters when I wasn't playing the game. I was so... I was just so completely just invested in this world in this game Mm. and i don't think i've ever had that experience again yeah in terms of an rpg that made me really care about everyone even the the sort of crap dlc characters that were just bundled with the ps3 version at launch which were i think kasumi and i can't remember his name but he had an english voice i feel bad now um but those two were just for some reason, I always took those two with me, even though they weren't core characters. They were never really involved in the story in a big way because they were they came afterwards. Right. Um, and and I just I just those were my favorites, so I always had them with me. Yeah. And I think it just says something for the quality of the world building and the writing that uh, that 
that that that it that it really hooked me the way it did. So yeah, for me, the characters of Mass Effect Two was something that completely blew me away, and I still think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one thing that I just thought of when you said that was um, Fable. Uh, oh yeah, and just the whole the morality system in that game, and again, you had the ability to do so many. Um, kind of interactive things with people you could walk up to people and either you know wave at them or you could just like belch in their face or you know you could give them something and knowing that there was this morality system again that was probably for me certainly like the first time I, that I'd really seen an, a proper in-depth uh, system like that where your actions actually influence the world around you and if you were really really bad you would start to grow horns out of your head and flies would buzz around you and if mm-hmm. you were really really good your skin would start to glow just over a period of hours of gameplay and that that really blew my mind i yeah. also really liked how you could drop an acorn and a tree would grow uh that's not that didn't happen that's what peter molyneux promised yeah it was just some yeah. peter molyneux nonsense wasn't it yeah dreadful oh his name was zaid by the way that was right the- that was the guy. Okay. Got yeah. him. Wow. God. Mind-blowing oh, games, eh? Memories. Yeah. Memories. Well, let's look to the future now as, as... we move on to our big... I've got my paper. I've got my paper. Big discussion. It's big discussion time. This week's big discussion comes from our good friend, Chavel Chavel Ramel Ramel. Yay. Which is his real name. There are spoilers everywhere. Over the past weekend, an employee at Naughty Dog had a disagreement over his pay. It's easy to assume, due to Naughty Dog's history of crunch culture, that this employee worked many hours and did not feel that he slash she was compensated, though this is just speculation. So what do they do? They leak major plot points of the upcoming Last of Us Part 2. I looked them up since I don't plan on playing the game, and let me tell you, they are spoilery spoilers. What does this accomplish? No doubt this employee is now blacklisted from the industry, so I hope they got what they wanted. How do you boys feel about this? Discuss! Well, it bloody sucks, doesn't it? It does. Um, I know what the spoilers are. Do you? And I don't like that I know. I uh, logged onto Twitter whenever it was two days ago or yesterday at time recording. I can't even remember. And I saw that The Last of Us 2 was... Obviously, I'm not going to say what these spoilers are, so don't worry about that if anyone's okay. listening thinking I'm going to say what they are. Good. But yeah, I, I saw that The Last of Us... I think it just said The Last of Us was trending rather than Part 2, but I knew that it would be about the sequel. So I just clicked on this trend, assuming that... Uh, I didn't think there'd be anything bad if I clicked that. I thought it would be that they had either uh, given a new release date, because at the moment it's cancelled indefinitely... Well, not cancelled, delayed indefinitely, oh, isn't it? we've got it? a release date now. And I oh, think, we do, do I, we? I think their hand's been forced because of this. I'll, I'll quickly look it up while you carry Right, on. okay. But, at the, you know, I, I wasn't aware of a release date, and so I thought, oh, well, maybe, you know, they've, they've given us a new release date, or maybe, worst-case scenario, they've said, like, oh, we're... We're cancelling the game. No, I didn't think it would be that. But, you know, it could be it could be bad news, but I didn't think it would be anything like what it was. So I clicked on this trend, and the first thing that I saw, the very top of this uh, selection of tweets, was someone saying, here's a summary of the Last of Us 2 spoilers. And then there were just two very short points, and I couldn't not see it. I just, my eyes were, happened to be looking at that part of my screen when the page loaded up, and I've seen... I mean, I'm hoping that it was some weird tongue-in-cheek tweet. Like, I don't know. I've not confirmed that these are genuinely the spoilers that that person leaked. But 
it looked to me like it was from a the kind of Twitter account that would cover that kind of stuff and would gladly tweet about what the actual spoilers were. So I think I know what they are. But I'm hoping that it was someone being a bit silly saying, you know, almost being a little bit like, oh, uh, here's a summary of the spoilers. Uh, Joel grows an extra head and Ellie... Ellie learns how to skateboard. Exactly. Um, They were much more believable than that, but they were very intense to the point that like they could possibly not be true mm-hmm. so i've got a tiny little bit of of chance that uh you know i don't actually know what's going to happen but i think i do and i'm really pissed off about it oh that's um, such a shame yeah uh, it's the 19th of june okay it's confirmed it's coming out it's shipping on two blu-ray discs i'm just looking at this article from push square it's going to take up 100 gigabytes of space Wow, uh, which is probably okay. not surprising because you know The Last of Us One released right at the end of the PS3, uh, PS3's life cycle, and it pushed that console to its limits. Yeah, and this will likely do the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know that means you're going to need a, an awful lot of space, more than 100 gigabytes to install it, I should say as well. Yeah, um, because it, it just doubles up in size because copying files, uh, it's not good. I mean. I had a look at a few articles this morning reporting about the fact that there were leaks. I haven't seen the leaks, obviously. I don't want to see the leaks. No. Nobody wants to see the leaks. And um, nobody mentioned that it was a disgruntled former employee. That seems to be either scuttlebutt or forum chat. I haven't seen any articles talking about the reason it was leaked, just the fact that there was a leak. So I don't know if there's just some sort of solidarity between outlets with with naughty dog in that we're not going to shine a light on the ass who 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 leaked all this stuff mm. or if it's genuinely just unsubstantiated at the moment but the fact that it has leaked in such detail i think it's videos and uh sort of builds and stuff like that seems to imply that it came internally from naughty dog yeah. so there is weight to what chav chav says about the uh, about it being a disgruntled former employee. However, That's what I saw at the time on Twitter. Again, it wasn't right. from any you know respectable outlet. People were just sort of saying that's what it was. But I, I've seen it from more than just Chav Chav Ramis that it was from a disgruntled employee. Yes, I, I have heard that too. I was just surprised when I went to go and search yeah. to try and find a website reporting it. I haven't found anyone saying that. Right. Uh, Neil Druckmann. The, the director has, has said that he's heartbroken by it all. And you would be, of course, because ultimately what this comes down to, if this is remotely true, is it, if it is about crunch, then yeah, crunch isn't great. Nobody likes crunch, but mm. you're not the only person crunching. Imagine being so selfish that you would ruin the work or, or aim to ruin the work of hundreds of people yeah. because you're annoyed. Mm-hmm. Imagine being that selfish. You have every right to be pissed off and angry if you've been mistreated by a company, of course. But imagine actively trying to damage the work of hundreds of people. I just can't get my head around that. It's it's selfish. It's egotistical. And, and it's just a, such a huge shame for people like you who genuinely want to experience this game without leaks. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. now it's just the the fodder of trolls to go around and ruin it for as many people as possible. They oh, knew exactly absolutely. what they were doing. People are now going to go around and try and ruin this for as many people as possible. And that's such a shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, because, you know, presumably this member, if it is from a disgruntled member of staff, uh, presumably they will, they've signed sort of NDAs and there's things in their contract saying, you know, obviously don't go telling people what you're working on and stuff. So, 
you know, even putting morality aside, it's just a massive breach of what you've agreed to do as part of that team. You know, you've been brought on to to contribute towards this project. And part of that is, you know, don't go telling everyone our story and things mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, you know, to, to, to break that is it's just a dick move. Um, but you're right, you know, like how, how dare you as, as one person say, well, I'm really annoyed at my boss. Uh, what I'm going to do is get my own back by revealing that. You know, when so many other people who are under the same presumably difficult conditions uh, are, you know, just trying to get on with it, especially in light of the current economic situation as a result of C-virus, you know, people's people are worried about their jobs and their income. They're just trying to crack on. And for you to, to spoil, potentially, actually, to a certain extent, hamper the success of the game and the sales... Uh, you know, that's that's a, a terrible thing to do. You know, there might be a, a small portion, I admit, but a, a small portion of people out there who now say, oh, I don't even necessarily want to play the game now, either because I know what's going to happen, so I'm not in any hurry to, to play it on release, or maybe even if they know what's going to happen and they're disappointed with that story choice, they might think, oh, well, I don't want to play a game where, where XYZ occurs, you know? Mm. So, um, you know, it could even have, have actually damaged the the game's success to a certain extent so yeah, yeah you know it's just a, a a terrible thing to do it's it's awful and uh, i think naughty dog released a statement saying it will be worth the it will be worth the wait hmm. and i've seen various people rightfully saying that imagine if the story of the original last of us leaked before that came out yeah and people just saw the cliff notes and it just said two people go to a place you know, mm. that's that's an, a massive oversimplification. But by all accounts, that's similar to what these leaks are. So some people are seeing them and just going, well, that sounds rubbish. And and they're quite frankly idiots because, of course, it's going to be more than that. It's going to be about the characters and the acting and and so much more than just they go they go and do this thing. Yeah. You know? It's it's going to be a, it's going to be about way more than that. The experience is going to be so worth still experiencing, mm. even if you have seen the leaks and you're perturbed by them for whatever reason. I don't know how you could possibly judge a game which is, by all accounts, going to be absolutely incredible yeah. on on you know a paragraph about roughly what happens in the game. It's going to be about way more than that. The acting and the animation and the sort of the 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 capture the performance capture in the last of us one was was so much of what made that game so powerful and so good and that's going to be the case for this game as well so it's it's sort of a it's it's a it's a dual pronged thing in that in the one on the one hand it's such a shame and it really hurts the people who who make the game that this has been leaked but on the other hand You've got people who are who are reading these things and then thinking, "Well, that sounds rubbish." And it's like, "What? Just wait and play it." Yeah. Why? Why would you even read the leak anyway mm. if if you weren't that interested in playing it? But if you have read it and you don't think it's very good, then you're clearly a bit of a maroon because you just need to play it yourself and and experience the full thing. It's going to be an experience, that's for sure. I, it's just such a shame. What mm. a shame. I mean, I'm fortunate, and I think some people will be fortunate in that what I saw, as I say, was just a, a very, uh, it was very much just a summary of what had been leaked. And I don't know if the full leak, wherever it 
was and wherever it was posted had a lot more detail on like the sort of motivations and the reasons and the backstory of how xyz thing happens so uh to to put it into context this is not this is not the actual leak this is something i've made up to illustrate my point but say okay. for example uh the thing that i read said something like uh ellie's mum uh comes back and she wants to kill ellie you right. know that's kind of what i saw and although i'm annoyed that i've seen that I don't know why Ellie's mum is coming back and wants to kill Ellie, for example, if you see what I mean. So okay. I've seen something that is going to happen, and hopefully it's not even actually the real leak, but I think it is. But I, I, I'm fortunate in that I, I have no idea how or why such and such a thing might be about to occur. So, yeah. you know, I've still got that at least. You know, I, the, as you say, it's about the characters and the motivations and the story and uh, there's there's a whole bunch of that that hasn't been spoiled for me in the little summary that I saw. So it could have been a lot worse, I guess. Yeah, it'll be worth the wait. Everyone yeah. should still go and play it if they're able to when it comes out. And do your best to avoid spoilers if you can. It's it's going to get harder and harder the close it gets, but maybe avoid trending things and yeah. uh, you know YouTube videos. Maybe even just mute it on Twitter or whatever social media you use. Uh, and because I think any any reputable outlets, even big YouTube channels that are going to be covering this, because I'm sure there are some, uh, you know, covering the spoilers and details will be probably widely um, sort of decried for that. Mm -hmm. So I doubt a lot of people, you know, through main avenues will actually be repeating the leaked information. Uh, so, yeah, just just try and be vigilant. And uh, God, it's, it's awful. What a what a waste. Yeah. What After so long, it's you know it's been a it's been years now that this game mm. has been in the works, and after all that, and so close, so close to release, you know, yeah. a month and a bit away, someone's gone and done that. So yeah, what a it dingus. is a waste. What a yeah. dingus! Nineteenth of June is when the full game comes out. Yeah. But, uh, there we go. Everybody, please let us know what you think of everything we've talked about this week in the comments or on social media, etc., etc. Peter's going to tell you how and where you can get in touch. Absolutely. Uh, you can speak to us in the comments of things on YouTube and Twitch. YouTube.com forward slash Team Triple Jump and Twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump. It's where all of our content goes out. Uh, when we stream on both of those platforms, uh, we are moderated by Lord Rotovich and Cecil Prumps. Thank you to you for your excellent work. Thank you. Our social media accounts, Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. You can contact us on there. Uh, Facebook is looked after by our social media man, Luke Eldon, of the Elden Ring fame. I'm never going to stop saying that. Uh, uh, I wonder when that game's coming out. How exciting. Never. No, never. Uh, it's going to be leaked a month before it... Re it <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. We've got all kinds of rewards on there that you can get involved with, such as asking questions for this podcast or accessing a patron exclusive room in our discord mm. our discord you can get to at bit.ly forward slash team triple jump that is moderated by jack joe and crimson dragonfly uh the podcast if you're listening to the audio version uh, sorry the video version you can get an audio version at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump uh we've got a website triple j.mup where we have careers and things um, and we have a solo live stream VODs channel now that is active and monetized and has a custom URL, but you can still get there at triplej.mup forward slash VODs. 
If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, then you can do at thatpeterostin and at benpotter20, and on Twitter at thatpeterostin and at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday streams, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Thursday being the joint stream, Blaze It, on Twitch. We're looking at very soon switching that back over to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we will tell you more on social media soon. It might be from next week. It might be from the week after. But Thursday streams may well be going back on YouTube soon. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday are our solo streams. And all of the solo stream VODs, as Peter said, can be accessed. TripleJ.mup forward slash VODs. They're all live now. Every single one since January. All live on there. So go and catch up. And uh, 24 hours roughly after the stream finishes, they will be uploaded there for you to watch. So instantaneous. You can either watch them on Twitch or you can watch them on YouTube. Totally up to you. But go subscribe to the VODs channel if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Worst Games is fortnightly. Friday for patrons, Sunday for everyone else. It is Worst Games Ever Week. And uh, it went out yesterday for patrons. Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. So make sure you go watch that. The podcast is every Saturday. And we are now out of shows. But we are looking at sort of supplementing the schedule with other sort of smaller videos and individual pieces and and maybe some other stuff as well. So depending on how much longer this goes on for, who knows? We will come up with something to mm-hmm. to, to help uh, sort of give you something to watch outside of VODs and, and our usual content. Yeah, I think I think I've got a video going out on uh, next next Friday potentially. Yes. Um, yeah, depends depends when it's done and when there's a gap in the schedule. But I think next Friday is a good day to do it. So uh, look out Fantastic. for that. Yeah, keep an eye out. We'll we'll try and do more individual pieces like that for yeah. you guys. Please leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. And just a few things before we go. As I said, VOD's channel, fully operational. Go subscribe and watch and so on. Worst games ever week. Uh, Desert Island Graps is a series that uh, Tom from Cultaholic does on the Cultaholic Wrestling podcast feed. And I think there's a YouTube video that goes up as well. Uh, I'm I'm going to be a guest on it. I, hey. I recorded it at the time of release yesterday. I don't know when it goes out. Uh, but it will. Be, I'll, I'll be tweeting about it, and I'm sure the tri- Triple Jump account will retweet and stuff. So go check that out if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Philip, our wonderful long-form list-ranked writer boy, who is amazing and does all of our ranked lists, all the really long talented. Ones. Yeah. He's incredible. Uh, in fact, there's one of his videos going out. One, yeah, one of his scripts is being turned into a video, and it'll be out next week. Another mm-hmm. one, and it's a good one. You should go watch that. But he's actually written a book about Resident Evil bosses. And it's called, it's, it's part of a series called Boss Fight Books. The Kickstarter is now live. It's already fully funded. So it's basically now acting as a, as a pre-order. If you're interested in checking out, there's there's lots of different types. I think it's maybe Wave 2 or Wave 3. They've done previous Boss Fight Books series in the past. We'll put a link in the link dump. So go check that out if you want and go and support Philip because he's an amazing writer and he's worked very hard on this book. Um, and we may well cover the book on the channel in some form at some point or talk about it on the podcast, but it's available now if you're interested. Philip knows far more about games than either of us do. And frankly, yeah. we should just, uh, he should host the podcast and we should just sit here quietly while he talks, I think, fact, for an hour. To pull back the curtain a little bit, Philip yeah. actually wrote this whole podcast. Yeah, we're reading from a script. I know it sounds slightly improvisational, especially when I can't even string a sentence together, but it's, I'm reading we're just all very of these. very good actors. 
Yeah. He's very good actors. Exactly. Uh, we don't know anything about video games, but we're very good actors. Philip has actually been writing everything <laughs> that we've said since this channel started. Yeah. Uh, one final thing that I that is literally getting shown today at the time of recording is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Mm. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. We know it exists. That's their clearly their Norse mythology one. We've got nothing to say about it. Cool setting, maybe. Uh, but the, the, the trailer's dropping later today and we haven't seen it yet. But we just wanted to acknowledge that actually, yes, we are aware. That is happening. It's it's confirmed. And that will be a PS5 launch game, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. As well as it's an exciting. Xbox Series X one. Yeah. That's all. Ah, elbow the table. I always oh, do that. God damn that. it. Whenever I go Boom. for my mouse, I always elbow the table. Ah, oh, if only I was stronger, huh? Well, oh. thank goodness with today's sponsor, I may well soon be. David Cage's fitness DVD, Detroit, Become Huge Man. Or How does Detroit come into it? Is that part of the process? Do you, do you have to go to Detroit or something? Well, it's got... it's Well, Quick, invent something on the spot. I uh, mean, read the ad read. Uh, yeah, it's, it says here that it's hosted by your favourite androids from D- Detroit Become Human. Right. That's it. Thanks, thanks, Philip, for writing that. That was Thank really you, good. Thank you, Philip. That was really good. He wrote yeah. all those noises I just made as well. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Stay safe. Stay indoors if you if you are forced to do so. And if you're going outside, please stay extra safe. And uh, we will see you all next time. Oh, no. Where are we Where are we walking today in the video? Oh, oh God. You need to add that to the running order at the top. I do. I should you? just put that. I should, I'm should. i going to add that right now. Okay. Um. Well, today we were walking. We've done Mars, haven't we? I was about to say the moon. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with not walking across Earth. But uh, <laughs> we can do la lune. Maybe you should pick one. I think I've picked a couple now. I think we're walking. Um, we are walking through outer space. Walking through outer space, a spacewalk. Yes, a spacewalk through the stars and the cosmos. If we ever do a walk on the moon, do a moonwalk, you should do us facing forwards but moving backwards, shouldn't you? Oh, that'd be good. We just get smaller. Yeah. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. That'll uh, that that's what we do- that's that's what we've done. We're practically you can't see us anymore. We're so small. Oh, fantastic. We've just slowly gotten smaller. Because we were Thanks. moonwalking. <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.